the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Men with a Purpose. Men with a Purpose exists to encourage, equip, and empower Christian leaders by convening and featuring like-minded marketplace influencers in a non-threatening, generationally diverse atmosphere of fellowship. And now, here is today's host. Greetings, Southern Colorado, and welcome to another edition of the Men with a Purpose program. I am your host, Dwight Johnson, Jr., and actually, this is the second part, part two of the Mohammed Amin Faridi interview of his life and work with Iranians Christians International. We had just established his connection in the beginning of part one on how he became a Christian and that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. We had established that a friend of his had ministered to him and turned his life around to Christianity, how his family had issues with him and rebuked him. We pick it up where he is continuing to talk about acceptance among friends, uh, among family, and others in Iran who were turning their lives to Christ and how eventually his brothers became involved in his new life. So here is part two of my interview with Mohammed Amin Faridi of Iranians Christians International. So as more new believers came in and were in this under, or this, this house, the <laughs> underground church, some folks needed to get out or was it a large enough house where you could all be comfortable in or you would no. have to be moving to another place mm-hmm. and then eventually out of the country or mm-hmm. uh so um the house was a two bedroom one bathroom so it wasn't a very big first of all we don't house we don't have houses in iran it's a very little maybe less than a tenth of a percent of houses it's apartments mainly okay, apartment so in that apartment we didn't have much space so uh and um when when the number grew of course the neighbors the nosy islamic neighbors started uh, being suspicious of what is going on so we had to spread out and uh, many of our meetings were were in parks and other places but uh as as the population were growing more people were coming to faith and more families were converting so we had more places sure, that okay. we hopped from one place to another Eventually, I traveled among many cities in 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 the country of Iran, uh, from from uh, underground church to underground church to underground church, and it just was very very encouraging actually to see the growth, to see how many people uh, that are converting to Christianity and households are are turning from. Yesterday, you would call it a Islamic ceremonial house, a place that they recited the Quran or the women gathered and they had their women Islamic ceremonies. But now it's the house of God. It's, it's a church and it's just was fascinating. Now with your family rejecting you, did they have you followed by some other, uh, like the secret police or, mm-hmm. or other means, or, or maybe your dad snuck out trying to find you or. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> because of my faith in Islam, my mom it's been, um, Dwight, 17 years since my conversion. She still thinks I have been misled. I have been enticed. I have been 
deceived by some foreign agencies to this Christianity. But one day I will wake up from this deception and convert back. They don't call it convert. They say reverting. Because everybody is Muslim. Every, every, every person from the beginning to the end is a Muslim. So you revert. You, now you're deceived. You're misguided. But one day when you wake up, you revert back to Islam. She really thinks that after 17 years, she hasn't, she hasn't believed that I can do such uh, betrayal to the family as because of um, my faith in Islam and how devoted and how pious I was as a Muslim. So she, cannot, she hasn't digested this truth yet. So for my mom, when my dad and that event happened, when my dad told my mom that what I told him that Islam is false and Muhammad is dead and that person cannot hear. She could not believe it. She hasn't. She's in absolute um, denial that I was the best Muslim in our family, much uh, more zealot than my older brothers. I was the one that encouraging them to go to mosque, to do their prayers, to be devoting their times and lives to Islam. And when I converted, she heard it secondhand. She couldn't believe. So she was telling my dad that you need, no, you don't understand. We need to give him another opportunity. So after about four months, uh, they sought me. Uh, they, they found where I was and they called me back into the house. And um, very carefully in the beginning, they tried to kind of uh, investigate the situation. And um, when I was out of our home for four months, spending time with, uh, ex-Muslims that converted to Christianity, I just was convinced, I was persuaded that what I have chosen uh, uh, when, when I made Jesus and my Lord and Savior, it's, this is the best thing that could happen to anybody. So, And I was ha um, learning more and more about Christianity. So they brought me back home and they're trying to convince me in the beginning politely that, oh, you maybe misunderstood the whole thing. Islam is so beautiful and you need to convert back. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You are the guys that you, you need to convert. You need to repent. If you don't accept Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you, you will burn in hell. And I was trying to convince them. They're trying to convince me. And this clash of civilization, if you would call it this, um, totally opposite worldview were clashing. And then they realized this method is not working. So they start, the second tactic was mocking and trying to manipulate me emotionally. And then my mom was telling me, oh, if you convert, you know, it's like nothing has happened. I'm going to go to the mosque. I found this beautiful girl and I'm going to get, um, uh, get you uh, married to this beautiful Muslim. I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? I'm married to Jesus. And um, this was getting so uh, from one tactic to another tactic to another tactic. And then they kind of, finally, when they realized it, this wasn't just a, uh, another decision or another teenage uh, mistake, they realized that I'm persuaded. They cut all ties with me. And, um, but um, because they were my family and they were, uh, I guess they didn't want me to be harmed. And my mom always kept this hope that I would when they come back. To Islam, so they didn't report me, but um, they were really afraid of my activities, and uh, 
what I was going to share with other people. So they kind of very carefully and very masterfully trying to keep me in the house, but not having any connections with the relatives or with the friends or with neighbors or something like that. So that relationship uh, continued like that for three years when I finally left Iran. Okay, so 17 years later, your mom still feels that you're going to come back. Yes. And she's convincing your dad, just to be patient, he'll come back. Correct. What about the brothers? So, um, bad, news, bad news for my mom is that my brother actually uh, and, and his wife both converted to Christianity last year. So Wow. Yep. Uh, I was uh, in the city of Ephesus, actually, <laughs> uh, where Apostle Paul was walking with Timothy, Timothy and Apostle John. And uh, I talked to my sister-in-law and uh, I started sharing about faith, sin, the need for Savior. And uh, after about um, a couple of hours of conversation with her, um, uh, she needed healing for her migraine headaches that as long as she remembers, she always had this tremendous headaches and she took uh, um, all sort of all sorts of uh, painkillers to just survive and then um, uh, my wife and uh, I we prayed for her and immediately immediately her migraine headache was gone oh miracle absolutely blessing and uh, quickly um, in that evening she accepted the Lord and then uh, the next day I took her to the sea of the Aegean Sea to baptize her. And uh, as she was walking on the beach to go inside the sea for me to baptize her, my brother shouted at her and said, um, if you do this, there's no return for you. Two times, loudly repeat. And then she said, I am doing it. And then she got baptized. And then this is Thursday. And then Sunday, I took my brother, the whole family, to, to a, a Persian, Farsi-speaking church. And... Um, he heard the message and we had a conversation in the evening of uh, that Sunday. He also accepted the Lord. So, All right. So uh, the rest of your brothers, how many brothers do you have? I have two older brothers. Uh, one is uh, now uh, a convert and then the middle one, we're still believing God. So for him okay. and his and, family. And you didn't have any sisters? I did not know. Okay. I don't. All right. Mm-hmm. So the brothers are with you? <laughs> no. No. Everyone is in Iran. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, in, in spiritually. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And and so they still haven't been able to convince your mom or your dad because they believe that mm-hmm. you will, that you my will come dad, around. My dad has passed away. Oh, I'm it's sorry. It's been uh, nine, eight years now. Oh, okay. Uh, but my mom, um, she's a very, very interesting person. That's all I can say. So uh, it just takes another miraculous thing from God that she ever opens up because... Um, when I talked to her about the Lord on the phone or when, when, when I was in there in, in person, she would hold her ears and scream or just hung up on me. So uh, I haven't had uh, m- much of an opportunity to um, minister. We can't talk as long as it's not about Jesus. It's because about, it's be, you're, you're, the lines are being monitored. Um, or she just she, she just, just she's not open if okay. you would call it so all right well at least seventeen years later she's still hoping for you and and when was the last time you had contact with her uh, it's been probably three months now four okay months. so mm-hmm. it's recent mm-hmm. I mean and she's you know still alive or mm-hmm. you would have heard otherwise mm-hmm. um, so wow that that is that's an interesting story now uh, with that in mind when did you meet your wife 
Mm-hmm. And and was she a convert or was she uh, a Christian? So um, I met my wife. Um, actually, it's just over ten years now, and uh, uh, she worked um, with a ministry that worked with uh, Iranians that are converting to Christianity. So she was a part of a small church plant in the city of Los Angeles, and in uh, June of two thousand twelve. When I came to America, I was looking for a church, and that church was about a couple of weeks from where I lived in Los Angeles, in Canoga Park. In, um, Canoga Park? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know it well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So I uh, went to that church, and uh, that's how we met. And uh, about six months later, I asked her out, and the rest is history. We've been married just over 10 years now. And <laughs> together, you have ICI, mm-hmm. and so uh, with your business, but trying to convert Iranians to mm-hmm. to Christianity, mm-hmm. I, it's it's got to be a challenge. It's a blessing when you can, <laughs> but uh, if you can go of over course. that in detail, that'd be great. So um, we uh, since we since we got married, I actually lived in five states. And uh, prior to Colorado, we were living in Florida, and um, I was a reservation manager on the island of Sanibel, and uh, I was just minding my business and doing my thing in. Uh, if you would call it living my American dream. But uh, I heard a preacher on TV that said, uh, God has a specific purpose for your life. And I realized that um, I was trying to hide from God, if you would call it. So um, when I when I heard that preacher on, on TV that said, um, God has a plan for, for your life, I started seeking the Lord to see what is His plan. And um, God has started changing my heart. And um, uh, soon after, we came to Colorado Springs to go to Bible College here in uh, Woodland Park, Karis Bible College, and sure. uh, that's uh, where I, um, um, in this city, I came across a ministry called Iranian Christians in- International, the ICI, Iranian Christians International, and then uh, the founder of the ministry, after being with him for um, two years, he uh, said that he's retiring and he needs somebody to take over, and uh, God has sent us here. For that, so uh, and they offered us uh, that position, and um, uh, we prayed and sought the Lord, and that was what God wanted to do with, with me, and that's what we have done since 2019. I have been voted in as the president of ICI, and um, um, it has been a big shoe. Uh, the ministry is older than me, actually, 42 years of service to the un, uh, to the Iranian and the underground Church of Iran, and uh, we have uh, published and distributed. Uh, just over a million um, copies of, um, if you would call it, books, Bibles, tracts, and things of that nature inside Iran, actually. And um, God has been using this ministry to be a voice for the persecuted Christians, uh, people like me, and the people that are converting and are in uh, terrible situations. So, um, And also, uh, we have been a part of the tr- uh, the translation of a, a newer version, like if you would call it NIV type of a uh, uh, equivalent to Farsi that uh, I mean translated by one. Uh, uh, it's called the Mujdeh. That's it. One of the translation that our ministry has helped to publish and uh, bring it to the Iranian people. And that's uh, uh, the ministry that I'm involved in. Uh, God has been doing something really, really amazing in Iran. So for four years, you've certainly expanded what ICI was doing, and how many. Uh, well, have you been able to get back to Iran or, um, or basically all the countries around it yeah. talking to Muslims? 
So, Dwight, if I go to Iran, it's going to be a one-way ticket. Okay. Um, uh, I've been talking too much, I guess. I've been uh, very active on social media and also uh, on many Christian channels, Christian TV channels and uh, networks, sharing my testimony and my experiences as a uh, trained revolutionary guard. And um, and now, uh, because of our activities of sharing the gospel with Iranian people and uh, getting the Bibles in the hand of the people, that has made things very difficult for me to uh, go back. Uh, it has to be the change of this current regime. Uh, and then, um, but uh, we have been going around Iran, neighboring countries of Iran, and doing. Uh, I just actually came uh, four days ago from uh, Middle East back to America. We did a pastors conference. We train a specific pastors that are church planters and uh, people that are getting those converts to be equipped knowing their identity in Christ and then they can be repro- reproduced so we've been very very st- uh, strategic about um the the plan and the uh the goal of the ministry and uh we have seen amazing 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 things well that's good to hear <laughs> now uh, again a blessing uh, you've got inside folks in the underground uh, mm-hmm. helping you spread the word. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you've been around the neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. And with you just being back four days, mm-hmm. I, 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 in the news, Himes mm-hmm. uh, told me he's said it on Crosshawk. He said it on Partners of the Gospel. He's said it with other people. It's a hotbed right now. It is. And mm-hmm. I would imagine it's it's definitely an opportunity to spread Christianity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there is there is a, um, a a very big turmoil cooking in the Middle East because Iran, uh, the the Islamic regime of Iran, not the people of Iran, but the Islamic regime of Iran, didn't like what a, what President Trump did in Middle East uh, and in regard to the Abrahamic Accord, because when the Middle East and the allies of America, such as uh, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and other countries that are in the Middle East, when they unite, Iran will be weak. So as a re- result, Iran has to do something and uh, to use a war, especially with the Jews in Israel, to um, cause disunity, if you would call it, among the Arabs. Because when they do that, all the Arabs will, if they're naive enough, they were going to back up Palestinians and then uh, unite against Israel. That's what always has happened. So Iran, with the proxy war, with their, with their manipulation of Hamas, they're always causing this chaos to break down the Abrahamic Accord because they're afraid that when the Abrahamic Accord grows, Iran will be weaker. There's, the regime of Iran has less influence in Middle East. And as a result, they, they try to do all of this. And if the West and the, and, and the uh, Biden administrations fall for it, um, that Abrahamic Accord that President Trump and his team, the team that uh, worked tirelessly to bring that about, they will lose all of that, unfortunately. And that's a um, big, big win for the Iranian regime. That's one part I see in that uh, story that has been unfolding in this moment. And then the other one, of course, when uh, the Iranian and the American prisoner exchange happened. 
when America got five prisoners and, and um, Iran got six prisoner, they exchanged prisoners, Biden administration gave the Iranian regime $6 billion. I was talking uh, to an, an, another Iranian brother and I said, this behavior from the, this Biden administration will definitely encourage the Iranian people to take hostage. God knows after that conversation, it's like two weeks. It was like I was seeing the, uh, the, the, the handwriting on the wall and Hamas attacked uh, Israel and 14 Americans among all those um, uh, p- people that they've been kidnapped, 14 Americans, they have been kidnapped. So it's like you just rewarded by, that, by the $6 billion that you added to that deal. You just rewarded the, uh, the kidnappers to kidnap more because they saw, well, we gave you five prisoners, you gave us six and $6 billion. So if we have more prisoners, we will have more um, um, money coming to Iran. And that's the unfortunate um, bad policies that is happening right now. So the accord needs to stay intact. 100%. And then what you need, and then what you're doing mm-hmm. needs to stay intact. Mm-hmm. Because we, for us true believers, we know that G- uh, Jesus is not coming back to the United States. He's going to be coming back into, into yeah. the Israel, into the Middle East, <laughs> where, where everything is going to be happening. Absolutely. So it needs mm-hmm. to be positive. So with that in mind, do you have anything new on the horizon that you want to share or can share, or are you just <laughs> going to keep... Keep doing this blessing of a thing and mm-hmm. converting and, and, and keep going forward. So in the uh, last part of the chapter 49 of uh, Jeremiah and um, a biblical prophecy, if you would look, look at the verse 35 through 39 of, of the book of Jeremiah chapter 49, it's a specific prophecy in regard to Elam. Elam was... The son, uh, the grandson of Noah, who, who, who pitched his tent in Iran. And uh, Il- the Elamites became the Iranians or the current region of Iran. And uh, in, the, in those prophecies, um, the Bible says that God will set his throne in Elam. There are two places in the Bible that God will set his throne. One is in Jerusalem, of course, and the second place is in Elam. I believe that with all of my heart, with what is happening in, the, in Iran and with the revival, the mass conversions of the people that are leaving Islam for Christianity, that is going to be a place that God will rule and reign, a place that will missionaries will be dispersed from there to Middle East. Now, what, 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 the, what the Islamic regime, the satanic plan of the Islamic regime is to export Islam outside of Iran to all over the world, including in America. We see all of this... Uh, pro-Palestinian demonstrations that happening in all over Europe and all over uh, America. It's backed by the Islamic regime of Iran. Those uh, people that they have, they're exporting their version of uh, religion outside of Iran. So, But I believe that that will be changing when the mass conversions will complete all of this Muslim that are converting to Christianity. These uh, Jew-hating Muslims, when they hear about the king of the Jews, they're converting. They're, they're leaving their hate for love. And they don't want to uh, uh, live in that situation. So they're converting. And I believe that Iran w- eventually will become a uh, Christian nation. And um, the passage that when Apostle Paul says that the Gentile will uh, bring, uh, because of the Gentile conversion and coming to faith, that will cause a jealousy among Jews. 
many of the Jews will look at the Iranians and many other uh, Muslims that are converting to Christianity and say, there's something wrong with us that they are converting to the faith that came out of Israel. Well, hopefully we stay with the master plan and, and do that. And and again, this is this has been, I mean, we're in part two of this conversation now, and I really appreciate the info, uh, Mohammed, and thank you and bless you for your witnessing today and updating us of, of what ICI is doing around the country, you and your wife and your staff, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it is, we are... Uh, we are seeing things unfolded that people have been reading about for a long time. So thank you for being my guest. And I know you will continue to get the word out on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you, Southern Colorado, for tuning in this weekend for part two of our discussion with Mohammed Amin Faridi of ICI. And we'll be back with another edition of Men with a Purpose next weekend. And as we get closer to Thanksgiving Day and Thanksgiving weekend, it is a good time to give thanks. And we'll be back. I am your host, Dwight Johnson, Jr. You have a great and safe rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening to Men With a Purpose. Men With a Purpose Colorado Springs meets at a monthly luncheon with a featured speaker and messages that empower, equip, and encourage by the power of their testimony. Join us next time on Men With a Purpose. For more information, go to MWAP.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.